1: no tomato juice, you'll see, no potato juice, the planters down in Santa's all say no, 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 so you back to the local color serving coffee with a crawler, Duncan doesn't take a lot of skill got an awful lot of coffee, an awful lot of coffee, man, they got a gang of coffee in Brazil. Well, hello,
2: everybody. Hi, this is Jory, I'm a Coffee Psychic, and tonight we've got a very interesting show. Um i got to tell you, I'm not sure if Julia is going to be on with us tonight. Um, hopefully, knock on wood, she will be. And uh, I'm out of town right now. Um, so I will tell you guys, there's a couple of things that have happened uh, in the paranormal world for me. Um, just before we get into this really, really very interesting um, guest we have on tonight, we're going to be talking about the Grimes sisters, their um, mysterious... Uh, disappearance, their murder, all the rest of that. We'll be getting into that in just a little bit. Um, So anyway, I'm, I'm in Vegas, and when I was asleep the other night, I ended up hearing, and I wasn't woken up by voices outside, outside the room or outside on the street, but I heard a woman, I'm hearing this psychically, and any of you guys that are in the paranormal field, you know what I'm talking about. I heard a woman yelling, you murderer, you murderer. And I mean, and she was just crying and upset and screaming, you murderer, you murderer. And of course, this is waking me up and I'm going like, okay, you know, who is this? What's going on? And I could not, I couldn't get any answers. So it wasn't somebody that was getting there. To me, the experience that I was having was more like I was um, psychically observing a woman who was yelling at somebody who just murdered somebody. So that's one thing that happened. And secondly, uh, what happened, the other thing that happened, and this was this morning, I'm not sure if this is uh, going to be happening, but I've had dreams like this. And right afterward, they do occur. So <clears throat> there was a huge building. It was on fire. And uh, I can't tell you if it was out here in Vegas or what the deal is, but it was a a huge building like some of the buildings out here. It had caught on fire, and it had a woman at the top of the building. Uh, My daughter said it sounds like the one that has the Statue of Liberty out there. And I said, no, I don't think it's the Statue of Liberty because this woman looked a little different. But either way, the, the building was on fire. There was clearly a woman on top and all sorts of different levels of fire that um, that had caught on this building. And then the second thing I saw, so many people running and running and running, and they are actually running to this wall that it was a huge dam, and it looked like the dam was getting ready to break. So um, if these things are predictions, uh, we're going to have a huge monstrous building that's going to be in big trouble, and also um, we might be having a dam breaking, you guys. So. Knock on wood, let's hope not, but I'm just going to share that with everyone so we can see, um, you know, watch, watch what happens. All right, now we have got a good friend, uh, Charles Firely uh, on. He's going to be coming on with me, and let me see if I can um, grab Charles here.
3: Hi, I'm Charles, right is here. that
2: you? Oh, That's hi. Me. how are you?
3: Great, how have you been?
2: great welcome to the show
3: thank you thanks
2: you're welcome you're welcome so were you able to hear the things that happened this uh this week for me
3: yes I did I was listening it's amazing
2: yeah yeah the last time I saw a dam yeah the last time I saw a damn break I was doing a, a radio show with Melissa Foreman and I was actually at the hospital my grandson this was eight years ago had just been born and uh and I told her that morning I had this dream of this big dam breaking and later on that day the dam broke. So oh, wow. I know how things come to me in my sleep, so that's why I like, you know, if there's a prediction or something that I'm seeing. You know, I don't know if that information comes to you the same way, Charles. Does it ever happen to you that in your dream you have a precognition and that happens yes, later?
3: Many, many times. Sure.
2: Yeah. Yes, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's a well, little scary. You, <laughs>
2: It well, it is really. It's very scary because we've got, I guess, Hoover Dam is out here. But I couldn't see the name of the dam. I could just see that it's like, oh oh, here's the brick wall, and and people are running. So um, now we tonight are going to uh, talk about a lot of different things. But one of the main things we're going to talk about first is well, let's let's talk about you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll
2: talk about the Grimes sisters and everything, but let's talk about you. You're you're an author, you've written six books. Um,
0: yes
2: you worked on the Grimes Sisters case. I did too. We're on the same T V show working together on this Grimes Sisters case. Now I can uh you know, share some of the information I received and we can talk about what you got. But you also have a lot of other interests in the paranormal field. And I remember you saying that you really weren't a believer at one point. So what what changed your mind, Charles? What really got you into believing the paranormal
0: stuff?
3: Well, I don't know if this is so much paranormal. I I, I guess it is. But uh, I woke up one one morning about four a.m. and my dog was barking.
0: Okay. And
3: I I didn't turn the light on or anything. I always have one of those little night lights on in the kitchen,
0: mm-hmm. and. Uh,
3: I opened my eyes, I sat up in bed and I saw an apparition in my doorway of a young girl.
0: Okay.
3: And the dog's just barking his head off and I'm like, Well, maybe I'm dreaming. Anyway, I wasn't dreaming. I saw the apparition and it just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't transparent or anything, it was it just looked real. Solid. You know what I mean? Like I could touch yep. it solid, yeah. So yeah. I went I got I got out of bed immediately after that. And it, after it disappeared. And I went into the kitchen, and a dog is standing in the middle of the kitchen floor, looking at the ceiling, barking. Okay. So of course I told him quiet, you know, try to quiet him down, and that mm-hmm. didn't help. So he eventually ran under the table, and he wouldn't come out. So when I reached uh-huh. down and tried to to try and take him out from under the table, he would try to bite me. Uh oh. So I'm like, what's going on with this dog? We we had him only like a week. We adopted him,
0: mm-hmm. and.
3: Uh, we didn't have any problems with him until that, until that happened, and he stayed mm-hmm. under that table, probably until nine nine thirty in the morning, and it was on a Sunday, so trying to get help, you know, from uh, anyone actually, <laughs> besides the police mm-hmm. at that time, yeah, was very difficult. But we did call the police; they came out, and they couldn't get him out either, and they said we don't know what to do with him. What do you want wow. to do? You know? I said, well, what do you suggest? Now, uh, the one of the policemen said, why don't you take a bowl of food or some cookies, his favorite snacks or whatever, I open the bedroom door, the other bedroom door, of course, not mine, and uh-huh. see if he'll get out and, from the table and he'll go, in, go into the bedroom with you. So uh-huh. I said, no, I can't even put my hand under there or nothing, you know. The dog's vicious. So the policeman uh-huh. did it. And the dog followed him into the bedroom like he was a puppy.
0: Wow. And then he closed
3: the door and he said, we'll send a wagon out to pick him up tomorrow.
0: Wow. So
3: that's what happened to that dog. So now, when two you were weeks saying, I want to stop
2: you here real quick, Charles. I want to stop you sure. here real quick. You're saying you weren't sure if this was paranormal. Anytime I see a dead person, I qualify that dead as paranormal.
3: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. The fact that your dog was having a really bad reaction to this entity or spirit, whatever you want to call this, um, this being, um, you know, good or bad, dogs normally have a very good reaction to to happy, good, good dead people. And when they're not really good, I mean, I can see a dog being afraid, but normally I've seen dogs feeling very comforted and very peaceful and wagging their tail looking at a corner of a room also with no one there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that it was a negative spirit just for the sake of our topic, okay?
3: Yeah, I'll agree with that.
2: Amen. Okay, go on. Start yeah.
3: So anyway, uh, a couple of weeks later, well, of course we got rid of the dog. And mm-hmm. uh, we adopted another dog. And... Mm-hmm. He was part beagle and something else. I can't remember. But anyway, the second uh, evening we had him at home, the same thing happened. Middle of the mm. kitchen, barking at the ceiling and growling. Goes under mm. the table again. So I thought, that's it. There's, there's something wrong here. So. am not kidding. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of scary for wow. two dogs to do And
2: it. you got rid of the second dog, too, you said?
3: Yes, and that was it. And we we bought a wow. puppy, and we raised our own dog.
0: <laughs> we tried, it. you
3: know. We wanted to there adopt. You know. We thought that was the best way, but uh, it didn't work out. And uh, the puppy, we only stayed there like a year. For a year after we had the first the puppy, so, and she was a little Basset Hound, and we never had any problems like that with her. But we did do research on the house. Yeah. And we found out it was all farmland. In the late, late 1800s, and it was owned by a Mr. Marshall, and he had two children, a boy and a girl, and the 14-year-old girl died in the house. We never, yeah. stated, we're never you know, we could never find out how she actually died, but mm-hmm. she died in the house, so it uh, could have been health reasons or murder, who knows, but yeah. uh, that's what yeah. we found out about the house. I don't know if that would have anything to do with their reaction, but, you know.
2: Well, you you stop and think about it. Now, when I I do investigative work, so you and I worked on the Grind Sisters case together, and when I do investigative work, I sit there and get in touch with the dead people to find out what's going on. And, And sometimes it gets very interesting because it's not just the dead guy that we think is there. Sometimes there's other dead people there. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. There, there may have been more activity there, um, other than this little girl that you saw as well. Just want to show that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'll
3: agree with that.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, we were we we're going to start talking about the and Grimes sisters case. Now I understand it still has not been solved. Is that correct?
3: No, it hasn't been solved. But there's two leads right now. There's two suspects. They're both still alive. Okay. And, uh, I don't know if the Sheriff's Department's doing anything about it at this time. Uh, about four months ago, I received a call from a friend of mine and said they were. And it, the case is now open again. Right. So at least we have that out-of-the-cold case files. So they're right. really looking into it now. <clears throat> okay. I can't tell you. One, one of the suspects lives in a nursing home, but he's healthy. And the other one lives in Tunley Park. Of course, mm. I can't give you names. <laughs> mm. You know, I'd like right? to, but I can't. <laughs> I'd love to, but...
2: <laughs> well, and, uh, I'm not sure how much we're supposed to divulge on tonight's show, but um, where would you like to take this? Do you want to take it from when we were walking around uh, looking, feeling energy? Uh, we could energy, start with or? the tour,
3: yeah. Yeah, we could start okay. with that. Uh
2: Okay, why don't you share what happened for you? I remember, I remember what happened for me—not all of it—but I remember what happened for me, and it was very interesting.
3: Well, mine—I began having dreams of them in 1989, and that was the same nice. time that uh, their mother passed away. Mm. But and I had so many dreams of them, and I would log them in a journal so I wouldn't forget them. And the more I read of them, read those dreams, it was like, I can't take it in a literal sense, but when later on, when I did research, actually my wife did, and I Mm -hmm. would tell her the dream and she would do the research at the library on it, and uh, a lot of it was true. And when, when they started giving me names and what actually happened, that was it, you know. Then I went and uh, that's how I got involved with a, with a detective.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: We we called him. My wife suggested, well, why don't you call an officer in charge of the case? So I did. I got in touch with him. And then we went on a year, for about a year, we went all over the place. You know, he, I would give him my dreams, the details, and he would give me some of the facts that he was coming up with. So when we put them together, all of a sudden, hey, we're making some headway here. Maybe we can do something. And I went back to the neighborhood. After we did the tour, actually, I went back to the neighborhood and I talked to several neighbors that still live there and found out a lot of information. And I also had a two-hour interview with the older brother, Joey, and his wife, which no one else has ever done.
2: Well, I I want to let people know that these were, it was uh, Barbara and Patricia Grimes. They were teenagers that disappeared from the Brighton Park area. And I I raised my kids out in Brighton Park, by the way, out in the Chicagoland area. They disappeared December 28, 1956. Their bodies were found January 22, 1957. And they had just watched a movie, um, Elvis Presley, Elvis Presley's movie Love Me Tender. And I think mm-hmm. that it was at the Brighton Park Theater because, you know, right. I used to take my kids there. So Yeah, I
3: used to go yeah. there a lot. I was raised in Brighton Park.
2: Yeah. So I'm familiar yeah. with
3: so, all the areas around there. <laughs> yes,
2: yeah, so we're both Chicagoans here. Now, I remember, where did they find their bodies, Charles? They found their bodies, um, was it off a Southwest Highway or where was it? Because I remember it was over a bridge and I know they were out there.
3: Yeah, it was in Willow Springs on the Dead side right, of a guardrail. Near Devils Creek? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was uh, German Church Road and County Line Road. Actually, when we got to County Line Road, that's when you became ill. And you said, let's turn around and go back. Do you remember that? Oh,
2: okay. It's starting to come back to me. All my my Mm -hmm. cassettes, when I do my paranormal investigations, I I put everything on cassettes, and and I I just moved um, back in September. It's almost going to be a year, but that stuff is still uh, packed away so I couldn't review it. Um, But what I will tell you is that, now I don't know if any of this makes sense to you, but, you know, a person that still keeps coming back to me is a white-haired older gentleman. Every time I see, every time I think about these girls, a white-haired older gentleman pops into my head. And um, I don't know if you remember me telling you that one of the girls was pregnant.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
2: And... And when I told this to the police, police officers, they were like, how did you know that? No one else knows that.
3: Yeah, that's the same thing yeah. I saw in my dream. Yeah. Because when yeah. I mentioned it to the detective, he says, where did you get that information? And I said, in my dream, okay. like I just told you. I, No one told me that. He said, that's yeah. never, never been revealed.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So you know yourself, the second autopsy that was performed on them, they found out a lot. Everything was different than the first one.
2: Did they? The girls
3: were beaten. The girls were sexually molested. Yes.
2: Yeah.
3: You know. But well, the first autopsy... Go ahead. The first autopsy didn't reveal anything. They said they died from exposure to cold, extreme low temperatures. Oh. And, uh wow they hid this from the public because they didn't want them to know and they didn't want any more grief for the family that the girls had been sexually molested or beaten. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. So
3: they kind of let politics and religion get in their way of solving the case. They could have solved the case.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: You know, but it was, uh, I don't know, the more I found out about it and and the investigation and the people that... uh, were in charge of it. It was like they were all sitting around a zest with straw, sucking it dry, all the ignorance and lies and deceit because of all of the people in the neighborhood were just lying to them, you know. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And they had
3: too many suspects. And they had people walking in off the street saying, I committed the crime, I did it, I abducted the girls, I murdered them.
0: <gasps> Give them
3: a lie detector test, they would fail it. One young man, 17 years old, he failed it, and they let him walk out because he was too young, you know. It was against the law to get a lie detector test. And several years later, this guy goes to prison for the murder of a woman and rape.
2: Oh, my God.
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) You know, I wasn't up on that information. I remember somebody did confess, and then they said, no, it it cannot possibly be you. The, The stories just did not line up.
3: Oh, that was Benny Bedwell. Yeah, oh, okay. that was the first that was the guy they the patsy they called him. <laughs> they were trying to trying to get him to admit to everything, which he did. Signed yeah. three confessions and then he said I didn't do it, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, and they they spent too much time on him and the, the case just got away from them. And by February of 57, you couldn't find anything in the newspaper or TV about the case mm So.
2: And it was by 57?
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Wow. Wow. You, can, you know, again, the only thing that keeps coming back to me here, too, still as I think about it is, like you said, mixing politics. You know, that word's pretty big there, Charles. And um, I personally think, you know, one of the girls got pregnant and people didn't want anything to come out about it, and that was that.
3: Exactly. Mm-hmm. In the second so, edition I wrote my second edition on the book, I actually uh-huh. gave the names. The names of okay. the suspects. Okay. Now we have we have two people that came forward and one passed away. Well before she passed away she told her son a secret she she kept in for fifty seven years. Okay. And uh
2: Can you I, say guess it I, or can, how?
3: I I I have nothing to be afraid of, you know. Sure, I can right. say it. That uh, she was being molested by a man in a neighborhood who knew the family very well, and she wanted it to stop, and the guy wouldn't yeah. stop.
2: Yeah.
3: So. And. And, uh, and
2: this was what one of the girls own, told this kid's mother.
3: This was Barbara's best friend. Okay. Told she Barbara told her, and she kept that secret until she died.
2: Wow.
3: And the family knew the guy.
2: Well, you know, doing stuff like that is—it's ridiculous. Because now you have these two young girls that are dead. Whereas if somebody had come out and shared, you know, then this might have been been able to be avoided.
3: Exactly. But the same long- excuse kept popping up—that they were afraid. Yeah. Well what are you afraid of after fifty seven years?
2: Yeah. Well no, you like have to that. stop and think about it. If this was politics and uh, there have been other people that have disappeared, Charles, because of having yeah. information.
3: <laughs> you're right, you're right.
2: People people are crazy. Some people are crazy. Not well, everyone sure. is, but <laughs> some, some people no, are crazy no. and you say the wrong thing and next thing you're the target.
3: Well, yeah. I'm really not worried about being the target. <laughs> yeah. Not at this point. Really I'm no, not. No, you've got
2: your books out. I
3: think the I think the case will be solved. Uh, as you know, the Schuster and Peterson case was solved after 40 years. So, oh, wonderful. Yeah, that's yeah. Kenneth Hansen. He, you know, I actually met him in 93 and 94. Talked okay. with him and everything. I bought a horse from the guy. Wow. You know, and uh he shook my hand and after he was arrested i saw him on tv i washed my hand about a oh, thousand no. times i'll tell oh,
0: you no. <laughs> i was like oh my
3: god i shook hands with this guy and everything and i talked to him
2: oh my goodness i had coffee in a the restaurant guy that somebody
3: he killed the three boys
2: yeah oh Peter. oh my goodness
3: yeah <laughs> not a good feeling well
2: so, so he's locked up now Pardon me. He's, lo- he's oh, in jail, he or did he up? die?
3: He's, he died in he died in prison.
2: Okay. Yeah, he died. Now, doesn't yeah, it make would... you wonder, Charles, how somebody can go ahead and just kill somebody like that and then go on with their day?
3: Oh yeah, I I can't I just can't understand it. No. No, but like you said, there's a lot of crazy people. Yeah. Somehow they just blocked this out of their mind. I. I don't know how they can do it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just
3: like the Grimes sisters. How could you take them out and just put their bodies on the side of a road and and drive off and leave them? Yeah, and you've got two little girls that
2: you killed, not just one, but two little girls. Drop them off, freezing cold. I know their bodies were covered up by the snow. Yeah, Mm hmm So they weren't found for quite a while. Charles, what else do you remember? So you were having numerous dreams. Now, when you said that, I did remember that you were having numerous, numerous dreams. So they apparently chose to come through you to get some help.
3: Yes, they did. I I believe they did because Mm -hmm. I had too many dreams. Mm Mhm. And the one that uh, I had several times was I was in a the back uh, seat of the car with the girls
0: yeah.
3: and two men in the car. I mm-hmm. had that dream about three times.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And that was in a 1953 Buick, which at the time was one of the cars of interest in the case. Oh, and, cool. uh Yeah. So anyway... Uh,
2: so, were you when you were in the backseat of the car with the girls? Were you observing what was going on? I mean, did you? Were you just there seeing the girls? If you did, were they laughing, having a good time? Were the men? Were the two men holding guns at their head? I mean, what did you see in the dream?
3: I was seeing. The, I was seeing all four of them. Barbara was in the front with the driver. Patricia was in the back with another guy. I couldn't okay. see the driver's face. I always saw the back of his head, but the guy in the okay. back. You know, I could see him. I did a composite drawing of him for the police. Okay. And anyway, uh, I could see him clear. And
0: okay.
3: they had the radio on. There was music in the car, and they were laughing. And then mm-hmm. suddenly when the car stopped, the driver grabbed Barbara by the hair and pulled her down in a seat. And then Patricia mm-hmm. started screaming, what are you doing, or whatever. And
0: mm-hmm.
3: he just the guy in the back slammed her to the floor of the, the car and put, a, mm-hmm. put his feet on top of her so she couldn't move yeah. Yeah. and told her to shut up. And uh,
0: mm-hmm.
3: I saw a few other things I'd rather not, you know, discuss, but mainly that's the part of the dream that occurred over and over, being in okay. that car with them and seeing that. Yeah, yeah. And apparently the way they talked to each other, they actually knew these guys. Yeah. You know. And I, I did hear Barbara say the driver's name once. Okay. And uh
2: are you allowed to say that so, or would you prefer to pass on that?
3: Oh, I can I can say it was Bob.
2: Okay. Yeah.
3: And in another yeah. dream, the guy in the back, his name was Eddie.
0: hmm So
3: now you got Bob and Eddie <laughs> you know. Mhm. And uh
2: and were those people found to be suspects?
3: Uh actually Bedwell's uh real name was Edward. And Ken and Ken Hansen's name was Ken. So I mean of course Ken. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't believe it was Ken Hansen because when I met him they said he was only interested in boys. That's not true. You know. I yeah. it's just I don't think so and I don't think he had anything to do with it. Okay. But it's possible, you know, he could have been the driver. I don't know. Like wow. I said, I never saw the driver's face.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But the guy in the back, I did see. Okay. So, uh...
2: Well... That's so you, how I you actually... Wouldn't you consider got that like astral... Wouldn't you consider that like astral... Maybe you were kind of astral projecting, um...
3: Yeah, that's what I and thought. And maybe,
2: yeah, because if you're actually sitting there and able to look around and maneuver, I'm trying to think if we qualify that as a different, um, with a different definition, though, because how old were you? What year were you seeing this? Uh,
3: this was in 90, 91, 92.
2: Okay, so 92. Uh, So it was at least a good 44 years later. Right. So, I mean, it could be that you were, you know, going back in time to see this uh, as your mind really needed to, you know, pick up data. So you could have been going back in time because, you know, as they say, we really have no concept of time. I mean, there's really no, everything they say is existing at the same time or happening at the same time. I'm not sure where I believe that, you know, where I'm at with that um, belief system, but that concept. But then, either way, if the girls were showing you what happened for you to see the faces, you know if you know, and did you say Barbara was in the front seat, Patricia was in the back?
3: Yes, mhm,
2: then you might have really been inside of Patricia while you're watching everything. you know could have been Patricia was sharing with you what was going on from her vantage point because if you if it was Barbara. You would have been able to see the driver in the front seat, actually.
3: Oh, I never thought of it that way.
2: Yeah, and yeah, because if the spirits can actually come to you, like, say, if somebody's dead, when I've done work on uh, dead people, uh, we literally go to the body or go to the spirit to find out where the body is at. So, you know, I was warned before about don't get in their bodies anymore. You know, don't get mm-hmm. into the uh, body of the dead person. And uh, you're to get caught in there. so my stress told me last <laughs> time. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. But no. if you are inside their body, or let's say if they're on the ground, and you lay down next to them, you know, uh, then you can actually see what they're seeing. Like if they're laying on the ground, then you should be able to look up and see uh, church, church people, uh, building, anything looking up, like mm-hmm. where their body's at. So, to me, it kind of sounds like you were, like Patricia was communicating with you more on what she was seeing.
3: Uh, it could be. Mm-hmm. Makes sense.
2: So, yeah. Now, um, I want to tell you, we do have a couple of callers online. I, 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 of course, let people know we're going to do this wonderful show tonight. And I asked people if they had any um any experiences with anyone being murdered. Um, right. God, I'd love it to see if anyone had any, any information about the Grimes sisters' uh, murder case themselves. But that would be interesting. What? It, it, hey, we're open to everything here. If anyone right. has any information, please let us know. I want to also mention this is a live call in show, uh, and you can reach us at area code 347-633-9404. Again, that number is area code 347-633-9404. You know, the other thing that keeps coming to me, Charles, when I think about this, uh, you know how sometimes you you will see things psychically and they stay with you forever. You know that.
3: Of course. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes.
2: I don't know if we discussed this before, but it almost felt like to me that there were other people that helped dump their bodies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we discussed it or not, but I, I I clearly saw two young men dumping their bodies.
3: Yeah, we talked about it briefly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I I agree with that.
2: Yeah. So um, well, what was some of the most intriguing or interesting things? That you experienced. Now you know that we were when we were doing that investigation. Like you had said, I would gotten sick at a certain point, and I remember walking outside in the area out by Willow Springs, and there was a, there had been a building that had been raised. Do you remember that one? We were walking on the foundation.
0: Yes.
3: Hmm. Are you, now, you, are you talking about the house was? that was a, You're talking about the house that was up on the hill. Yes. In Willow Springs.
2: I think so. Yeah, that's
3: where. The, that uh, house is no longer there. That was owned by uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Warren. And they left there after this happened.
2: Oh, that's interesting.
3: Yeah. And they they claimed that they never saw the bodies the whole time, the whole month they laid there. And I mean, if you went out on the back, I've been up there, and there was nothing but a slab now. But if you look down... Yeah. You can clearly see the guardrail. But what happened, I think, maybe there was too much snow at the time, or they never, their road didn't go out that way anyway. It went out the opposite way to the back. So it's possible they never saw them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Uh, very uh, unfortunate.
3: Yeah, that house actually burned down. And the only thing that was left on there was a few toys... But you won't believe this. In the garage, there was a 53 Buick. So. Well, wow,
2: that's interesting.
3: Yeah, if I had my camera, I would have taken 20 pictures of that car.
0: Yeah, no get it.
3: But I didn't have my camera with me. Wow. Of course, the car is gone today. Somebody got it for parts, probably. <laughs> you know okay. what I mean?
2: Right. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, but there was a 53 Buick.
2: Okay. And...
3: Uh, yeah, that was a little, a little frightening. Well, I will tell you one that? thing. I did. I'm Go sorry. Go ahead.
2: I was just I say, dig, did. To did uh, any of this start scaring you at some point, Charles? Any what? Did did any of this start scaring you at some point? I mean, were you? Why am I having all no, these dreams? The only, What's going the,
3: on? The only time I got scared is uh, in 2007. I went back to Brighton Park. I interviewed more more people, and okay. uh, I actually parked in front of the Grimes' house. The w- front door was wide open. No curtains mm-hmm. were up, nothing. I looked around the gangway to the back, and there was no mm-hmm. garage. So I looked to the back, and saw a white van, a construction van. Yeah. So I figured, why nobody's living in there now, and they're doing construction. Maybe I can just mm-hmm. sneak in the house. Walk around.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So I did go into the uh, the living room. I mm-hmm. stood there, and then off to the right I saw a bedroom, which turned out to be the girl's bedroom. They both shared the mm-hmm. same room.
0: Yeah. I
3: walked and took one step in there, and the hair on the back of my neck stood up, and I laughed. I wow! Back
2: in the car and
3: left. Wow! So no one knew I was there. And uh, that was really scary. That bothered me. Wow. Yeah. And another time I went to visit them at the cemetery to pay my respects. And what I did was, it was in the winter, and I had my gloves on, and I remember kneeling down at their uh, headstone, and I took my Mm -hmm. glove off my right hand, and I put my hand on Patricia's name, over her name, and... uh, You wouldn't believe it. It was like the sun was on my arm. The heat was just radiating up my hand all the way up to my shoulder.
0: So I took the other
3: glove off and put it on Barbara's name, and the same thing happened. Wow. So the following day I stopped at the florist, bought some plastic flowers because they wouldn't allow real ones. Of course, in the winter you're not going to put real ones anyway. So I put that over there, and I put... uh, a little jar with a candle in it. I lit the candle. I said a prayer, and I never went back. Wow. So that Personally, I think they right. were saying
2: thank you to you. That was their way of saying thank you. You know.
3: I I hope so. <laughs> and when yeah. I got in the car, I smelled like flowers. I could have choked. I could have gagged. I, I there were no flowers around. <laughs> Nothing.
0: Hey, Actually, and you the
3: from there.
2: flowers.
3: Yeah. From there, I had to go meet the detective at the police station. When I pulled oh, up, he was wait, he was waiting. I got in his car, and he said, Jesus Christ, you stink. I, What do you mean I stink? He, flowers. I said, are you serious? He's, you smell like flowers. Wow. So I'm like, oh, no. That's great. So we went to Calumet City, and then we came back. I got in my car, and I went home, and the same thing happened. The car smell like flowers. Wow. I walk in the house, my wife says I smell like flowers and it took about a day wow. or two two days for that to go away.
2: Well, that
0: well was that's kind of a strange. good sign.
2: No, that's a good that sign. When you're when you're smelling like flowers or roses, those are good spirits. When you're having uh really foul odors, that's not so good. Mm-hmm.
0: That's,
2: that's kinda yeah, I weird wouldn't thing. think
0: so. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. You know we have a couple callers online. Um Why don't we go to a caller or two? Now, I know some people will call up and ask me a psychic question, but I'm going to ask people to, uh, hopefully, we're going to uh, ask people to ask questions about the case, the Grimes Sisters case, or um, maybe ask you a question. So can you hang on there, Charles?
3: Okay, sure.
2: All right, let's see who we have. Caller, hello. Hello. Hi, are you there? Yes. Are you calling about the Grimes sisters case, honey? My name is Car- <laughs> My name is Kara hey, Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. So, have you now? When I when I of course I was sharing with everyone we're gonna do the Grimes sisters case tonight. And um, do you have any any um, questions for Charles about the Grimes sisters case or any other cases or paranormal stuff that he's worked on?
0: Um.
2: No, I don't know. I don't think so. I never had any experience with that. Any anyway. Okay, okay. Well, so what I'm going to ask you to do then is we're going to um if you can wait then the last couple of minutes of the show, then I'll I'll pick you back up. Okay, and we because you're asking you're going to ask a question, right? Yeah. All right. All right. So I'm going to put you back on hold, and then um, and then I'll pick you up just a couple minutes before the end of the show, okay?
0: Okay. All
2: right, thanks, honey. <clears throat> all right. Uh, I know, you know, some people do have, let me, let me check one more line here. And, um, you know, I even shared with other people, I personally, Charles, have people coming to me when people have disappeared. And, because, um, you know, I do the professional, you know, I'm a professional psychic and transmitting and all that other stuff. So people will call when somebody's missing. Um, I help find um, missing animals and I've helped find people. You know, I had, I had somebody come. It was probably this one that I'm thinking was right before I moved back in September. And um, these women came and they were asking about their sister. And, of course, I just I saw her dead on the side of the road. And it's, it's hard many times to sit there and share it with people, but they're coming to you for the truth.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So um, I have to share what I'm seeing with them, and of course, two weeks later, they did find their body exactly where I, her body exactly where I said they'd find her. So uh, at least oh, it was good closure oh. for them. So do you sure. do any work like that, Charles? Do do people come to you for uh, finding other people that have been lost or anything like that at all?
3: I've had a couple of times, and I I told them I can't help you. Okay. I just, you know, I couldn't help. Yeah. Actually, I. Yeah. they would try and give me some information, and I said, I can't help you.
2: So it doesn't work that way for you?
3: No, not for me. Yeah. For yeah. you, it definitely does. I know, does. it's different.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, for you, you're here, you've got these dead people coming to you saying, help us. Basically, that's what was happening. And, and you've kind of followed through on that for the uh, for these people. Have you done more cases like this, Charles? I know we've done, you did the Grimes Sisters case, okay, and Mm -hmm. you've got six books out there. So what are the other, uh, two of the books are on the Grimes Sisters, correct?
3: Yes, okay. Uh, Yeah, Voices of My Dreams, Grimes Sisters Murder, and the other books are The Sleeping Chamber, which is five short horror stories, because I like to write horror. One okay. <laughs> is a poetry book, which my mother got on my back about, and said, "Stop writing all these horror books and and write something beautiful or try to write something beautiful <laughs> and positive, <laughs> like maybe poetry, so I actually did and i i <laughs> I published a poetry book, so she was happy about that,
0: oh great, and
3: another <laughs> yeah, and another one was rendering silence, and there's a story on the cover on that book, uh I actually took my daughter out to an old cemetery from the late 1800s outside okay. of Beecher, Illinois, and that's right. like 40 miles uh, outside of Chicago because yeah. I was looking for the cover on my book. I wanted her to take some flowers and hold and, and act as if she's placing them on a headstone, and I would take okay. a picture of her, but it would have to be done at night. So at okay. first she was said, are you crazy, Dad? I'm not going to do that. So I talked right. her into it. Well, the Uh-oh. cemetery we wanted to go to, we we actually took a wrong turn and went down this dirt road that was leading okay. nowhere. And I'm like, where are we going? We passed the cemetery. You would not have believed it. It was almost like Bachelors Grove types, you know, the way it was laid out. But yeah. there were no cars, no houses, no lights, nothing. So we got out wow. of the car. I said, run up to that monument. It was, it was huge. It was like a four-foot monument headstone. She ran wow. up to it, she put the flowers on it, and froze and just stayed there for a moment. I took the picture, and I had orbs all over the place. Oh, God. Green, yellow. I mean, all over in front of her, on top of her head, on top of the monument, on the headstone, and the distance, small ones, big ones. So I said, oh, my God, now I got my cover.
2: So oh, my God. So, of course, I,
3: when I went home and I looked at the picture, I told my daughter, you're not going to believe what's on here. She said, what, Dad? So I showed her the picture, and she was like, you've got to be kidding me. That can't be real. Wow. Wow. And uh, that was the cover of the book.
2: Wow. So
3: I, I, yeah, that was really weird.
2: Now, so today is, we laugh, we laugh about it. So this is me as a paranormal investigator and also as an exorcist. Has your daughter had any weird experiences since that picture?
3: <laughs> Actually, no.
2: Good. No, not that, I, not
3: that I know of.
2: <laughs> not that I know of. She
3: may not be sharing it with me.
2: <laughs> wow. Wow, because we always want to make sure that people don't have attachments and, and some people are just very naturally protected by the way, Charles. They're you know, they're very <laughs> naturally protected. So these little, you know, spirits could have been coming out there and uh but you know, that could have been a good mind it could have been a good situation. Those could have been all protecting spirits and stuff. Yeah,
3: yeah. It could have been.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right. We've it got was another amazing. caller online here. Let's let's check and see if they have some information about the Grimes sisters case or any questions for you, okay? Okay. Right, hang, on one, hang on one second. <coughs> Hello, Oh, caller? hi. Yeah, but hi. Um, no, I don't have a grime sister. I just wanted a, a, a reading about something. I just have a quick okay, question. Well, okay, so I'm going to go ahead, uh, like the last caller, I'm going to ask you to hold a little bit longer, and uh, towards the end, it's going to be like another five minutes, I'll be able to pick you up and uh, answer your question, okay? Okay, thank okay. you. Yes, ma'am, thank you. So, um, Charles, this—it seems like you've been re- writing um, these books for uh, a lot of years now, and but you're—you're you're still in this work, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, outside of the Grimes sisters' case, what do you think was the most significant, like case or uh, situation you've actually worked on, stories?
0: Uh,
3: I would have to say this would be at the top.
0: This is the, this
3: is the only one I've been asked about the a couple of other ones. Uh, the ones that uh, were missing in in uh, Indiana State Park, the three girls yeah. that Silas yeah. Jane said that he murdered, and he buried mm-hmm. their bodies in the back backyard by his house, and uh, the police never followed up on it. They never dug it up or anything, and all he did was laugh about it.
0: Seriously?
3: I talked to I talked to someone about that, and they said that he he just told him, yeah, I I killed all three of them, and I buried them in the back of back of my yard. So you want them? Go dig them up, and they never did. They thought the guy was crazy. And wow. he also confessed to the Grimes to the Grimes case. They told him to leave the police station. Wow. So, yeah. Why, I,
2: so they nev- they never looked wonder. into
3: that. Yeah. They
2: well it never makes looked you wonder what it. information they have on him that they would say no no. There so let me tell you, there was another there was another case that I heard and I'm not saying, I love the police, so I'm just gonna say that straight ahead. I love the police. I thank you for putting your life on the line for oh, so all of I. us. This this mm-hmm. is the whole police department because I don't like what's happening to these guys lately that That when a police officer says stop doing it get out of here put that down put your hands behind your back and these people are not listening these are the police that are out here putting you know they're protecting us so I just think the stuff that's happening these days is a bunch of garbage and that's that's what I'm going to say about that anyway um, oh my god well I'm losing track (laughs) oh they do the best they
3: can they really do they have a dangerous job I have three brother in laws yeah. that were policemen and thank God they're alive today and they're retired.
2: Yes, yes, you know, they know,
3: they've, they've well, told me some another... horror stories.
2: Oh, I'll bet. I'll bet. Oh it's, yeah. It's just ridiculous. Oh, I was gonna tell you about this other um this other case I was working on with this gentleman that um that was murdered. And we found mm. we found him um on the day that uh, we found he finally found his body on his birthday four years later oh, God. yeah oh. but it was it was a very interesting case and uh, God bless this guy God bless his whole family I actually knew the family and I had read him when I was younger and when he was younger and um, it was just a horrifying experience but you know with the police the woman who and i had predicted i had said the man will be turned in from his girlfriend the guy that killed him will be turned in from his girlfriend and what happened was his girlfriend came into the police department and said oh my god my boyfriend is going to kill my father because he threatened his life and Amen. and the police said no no you know what? You know, don't be ridiculous. He's probably just blowing off steam. She goes, "No, he's murdered before." And they're like, "Oh, pray tell, you know, what happened?" And then, of course, okay. that's when they found. That's when we found him.
3: Oh, okay. so, amazing.
2: And some, and it was four years after his murder, so it's just terrible. And I, I send out all my love to the family. I love these guys, and I'm so sorry for this horrible loss. Um, sure. But it's interesting when you're doing work like this, and uh, it's just it's just devastating. It's terrifying. It's it's trying to get uh, closure for the family. I mean, the Grimes sisters, everyone's dead except for what is it? The sister and brother is still alive? Is that it?
3: Right. Uh, the sister and <clears throat> brother. They're the only two I'm survivors sure. of the family. And actually, I'm they're sure. working with over six hundred people right now to help solve this case.
2: Oh, is it that group where people are having uh, a bunch of psychics that help to try to pull it together?
3: Yeah, they're they're trying desperately to, to do anything they can for answers.
2: Good, good. I know there's a group out yeah. there that somebody's heading that has all these psychics working together to uh, get images, visions, whatever they can to really pull mm-hmm. it together.
3: Right.
1: So... They
3: are getting new information, so... And if anyone has any information, get in contact with the Cook County Sheriff's Office and ask for who is in charge yeah. of the cold case files on the Grimes sisters. They'll be glad to talk okay. to you.
2: Charles, they can you can tell you me know. if people if people need to reach you even to get your books? How can they reach you, Charles?
3: Uh, they can go on my on my uh, website if they want to. It would be www.lulu.com/slash.
0: Would you repeat it
3: Yes com slash spotlight slash charles187. 187. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and of um, course, I'm so on Facebook. Any... Oh, on
2: Facebook?
3: I'm on Facebook also. And if Beautiful. they want to email me, it's charlesbyerly at gmail.com. Beautiful.
2: You know, I want to say thank you for uh, coming on tonight and uh, sharing this information. And, oh, you're uh, welcome. I know it had to have taken a lot out of you because I remember you were, you were just determined. I mean, you just had to see this through.
3: Yeah, and, it was a, a uh, long time.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: But I've well, moved on. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm on with other things. But I want this case solved. It would be, it would be just wonderful for the family. Yeah. It really would be. Well, closure
2: be. for you, too. Closure for yeah, you. Yeah,
3: exactly. That's why I wrote the book. I got some closure from that. And by oh, the way, I don't get a yeah. penny from the sales of the book. It goes to a, it goes to a charity of my choice.
2: Wow. So tell those me the names of, uh, of the books that people can, people can get your books. And what are those names, Charles?
3: Uh, Voices in My Dreams, The Grimes okay. Sisters Murder, okay. Sleeping Chamber,
0: mm-hmm.
3: Winds of Heaven Poetry, And Rendering Silence. Okay. And Any new works coming up? up? Yes. Actually, okay. I'm writing my first children's book. Oh. Yeah, it's about exciting. a little bass at home puppy named Lucy. Oh. Doll.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Yeah. Well, so, I'd love to have you back on sometime. Would you be willing to come back on? Or we can talk about it at
3: Sure. Anytime. I'd
2: love that show. All right. Yeah. Thank had you a great time.
3: Us. Oh, time. thank you, jorianne All right.
2: Take good care. Thank you.
3: Right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: All right, you guys. Let's see if we can get a uh, a couple of questions in here. And um okay, caller, who who am I speaking with? Hello. Yes, hi. hi. Who am I speaking hi, with? Hi, Jorian. Hi. Oh, hey, honey. How are you? I'm doing good. I've actually been busy a lot. Good, good. All right, so what question do you have, Kyra? Um, actually I have a new love life that I wanted to, you know, ask you about. Um
0: uh-huh. I've been
2: in it's been about a month. a month right now and a couple of weeks. And um I wanted to know, um, do you think this will be good for me? Okay, what what is this person's first name? His name is Elston. Okay, so let me just see how it looks like. It's going to out real quick, okay? Okay. All right. So hang on. All right, let's take a peek here. Do a quick spread here for you. Pick one, two, or three. Um, three. All right. And remember, the sub- the future subject to change by choice. I'll tell you what. This person seems to be a very very nice person. I will tell you, it looks like there could be some problems that might uh, pop up that you guys will be able to work through, however, because it looks like that you are going to have um, have the opportunity to have a very, very good relationship with this person. And, again, if you'd like a, a longer, more in-depth reading, uh, you can reach me at area code 219-940-9292. Again, that number is 219-940-9292. All right, and then, and then, Hello, Paula, who is Julia?
0: this?
1: Hi, Hi
2: who is Jill.
0: This? Jill. Jill, but hey, I was Jill, wondering.
2: Hey, Jill, how are you? Hey. Um. Just so give a quick me. question? Yeah. Why didn't Tess return my call? Um, he sounded safe, very yes? enthusiastic. Why didn't Tess? return my call. It's not it's, it's not it's nothing romantic. I just thought it was going to be a good business thing and then he just
0: just disappeared from the earth.
2: Okay, let's take a peek. You know what it is? It's timing, honey. Oh, okay. It's, it's it, timing. So we're not going to have a business relationship or no? Uh, I don't think that that I don't think that's the answer right now, the business relationship. Pick, just pick a number, one, two, or three. Two. All right. And sometimes what we'll see is bad karma. The very first thing that came up is bad karma and the death card's covering that. Using my tarot cards that death death card is ending. Bad karma is not so good. So again, okay, if you thanks. would like to get uh if you want to get a longer reading where I can really get more in depth, please let me know. You guys, uh, thanks for calling in tonight. This is Your Psychic Connection. It's Jorianne, the Coffee Psychic, and we will talk to you soon, everybody. All right, good night.